Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today is part two of I Got a Book, What Else Do I Need? So if you haven't listened to part one, make sure you go back because we lay an incredible foundation for you that's really going to help you use your book to build your business. And as always, I'm so thrilled to be on the podcast with my co-host, Winita Witten radko BFF of more years than... Well, we kind of admit, and also the content facilitator of RTI Publishing. Welcome, my friend. Thank you, Kim. So nice to be here. So on the last episode, we'll just do a really quick review because we got so much to cover today. We talked about the fact that your book is not a golden ticket. It's not something that you just do and all this business comes flooding into you. It is this valuable tool. It's an instrument that you use so that people can see you and get to know you and and like and trust you. And that's where we talked about last time our focus was on marketing. What is marketing and, you know, how does your book play into your marketing plan? So today we're going to start covering the next four or five. And you know what? This may end up becoming a three-parter. We will see how it goes. So first of all, let's just start by talking about sales. And in the last episode, we talked about the fact that marketing is the process of visibility, of getting people to know, like, and trust you. Sales is then how do you convert that person that's interested in you into a paying client? So, Juanita, do you have any thoughts to share before we get into that today? One of the things we talked about last time uh, that I think will roll into this is that you should keep in mind you want people starting a conversation with you about your book. Because as you give them the uh, answers uh, that are in your book, you are establishing your credibility as an authority. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. So today, when we talk about sales, one of the things I want to talk about is using your book to sell you. And I think that's really important. People want to know that you are the credible expert that you say that you are, that you are this authority. So when people read your book, they see that you can help them solve the problem. So one of the things I love about the facts with with using a book to sell your products and services is the fact that many objections are overcome because you've already proven yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that Juanita and I love to do as a hobby is we both have cricket machines and both Juanita and I 
love this one particular teacher called Jennifer Maker. She's terrific. Yeah. I love her YouTube videos. And, you know, after watching her YouTube videos, if she offers something for sale and it's something I need, I would automatically buy it. Because now in her case, she has used video as, you know, that foundation to get her message out there to to position herself. And of course, you know, when you're doing any type of crafting or very hands-on, you know, obviously video is a very good uh, format to get your message out there because you're showing people how to do stuff. It's sometimes that's harder to do in a book, but because I've watched her videos, I know, like, and trust her mm-hmm. when she offers something and it's something I need. I have no objections because she's already proven herself. And it's the same thing with your book, your book, when done properly overcomes all those objections. So now it's just a matter of when you offer something, is it something the person needs or not? And is it in a price point that they can afford? So you've, you've come down to two questions. That's a lot easier to solve <laughs> in terms of getting them to, you know, buy something from you. I think one of the things, and I'm going to use Jennifer Maker as my example too, one of the things that I think is important here is it's an opportunity to have objections tested mm. in, in a format. Cause that one of the things that Jennifer Maker has done, not in every video, but she often answers the question like, well, what if I don't have the cricket brand cardstock? Will I still be able to create an acceptable project with this? What if I don't have this item. And so there are times when she says you absolutely have to use this branded item and times when she says, I've had a adequate success with uh, testing it in just using this no-name brand. And those are the kind of things that really builds trust with me because it's not a shallow knowledge that she has. And I don't have the impression that Cricket is paying her? (laughs) Yeah, you don't have the impression that um, she's got an ulterior advantage, an ulterior reason for saying, oh, oh, buy this stuff because it'll get me more money. I mean, yes, eventually it will. But that is something that increases your credibility is handling objections and handling those tests, which aren't necessarily objections. They're just wanting to further um, discover what do you know. And when you're in sales, you are used to hearing people say, well, I'm not sure. And that they're telling you, convince me. Yes. Yeah. I've got something unanswered. You need to answer it before I'm willing to commit this. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I want to talk about in terms of your, your book and sales is the fact that your book can become an integral part of the selling process. And I can't do the full demonstration here. It's actually done better on video. But one of the things I teach and train is how to use your book as this extended business card. And I can give you a very quick demonstration, but it's not the whole thing. So let's say Juanita and I meet at a networking meeting. And, you know, we get talking and I think, yeah, you know what? She's, she's got some potential to be a good client. So at some point, you know, I'm carrying one copy of my book with me, just one. 
And it's an older copy, well-worn, well-read, you know, something I've used a lot. And I pull it out and I kind of say, oh, by the way, did you know I authored the book on and whatever it is. And while I'm doing that, I hand Winita the book. Now, the first thing she's going to do is she's going to look at the book. I've done this hundreds of times. And every single time, the person has automatically looked down at the book. And they kind of start flipping it. They'll flip the front, flip the back, flip the table contents, maybe start flipping through. Now, depending on the interests of the person, sometimes they flip the front, flip the back, flip the table and close it up. They're not interested. And that's fine. I just take the book back and we just continue to have a conversation. But if I notice that the person's really paying attention to the book, they're reading the book, they're, you know, they're looking at the table contents, they're smiling, those kinds of things. Then you know that you've got, hmm, okay, this person's kind of interested in the book. And while you're taking the book back from them, and that's an important clue is while you're taking it back, you look at them and you go, it seems like you're kind of interested in the book. Would you like a copy of it? And of course, Juanita's going to say, Yes, please. I do like, I would like to read more. (laughs) So at that point, then you say to them, you say, you know what? I've only got this one copy here. You know, there was no way I could bring copies for everyone. And this is my special copy. You know, this was the first one on the top of the box. This is the one that I just kind of keep for myself, but you know, it's kind of routed up. But if you give me your name, address, phone number, email, you know, and you just kind of say it in a very relaxed tone. Like, I don't care. You know, I'll gladly send one in the mail for you. Now, in my experience, 95% of the time, people will give me their name, address, email address, and phone number to get a copy of my book. And what have I done? (laughs) You've made a connection. You have gotten a lead. Exactly. And one of the things I love about using this in your sales system is the fact you now have a reason to call them. One of the places where people get stumped is, you know, you've made this connection, you kind of talk to the person, but how do you get on the phone with them? And using a book is a great way because you can call them about seven days later after you've mailed it to make sure that they got the book. So at least now you have a reason to call them and start a conversation with them. Of course, there's much more to that. That's just the beginning step in terms of being able to use your book to sell. But I just wanted to show you that, you know what, you can... You can do it without anything fancy, no website, no nothing, just some copies of your book and an envelope to mail them in. Yeah. And that's, uh, I would even say you could, the day that you send it out, uh, you could send an email. Hey, I just dropped your book off in the mail. I'll uh, check in with you next week to make sure that you got it. And so that gives them a heads up to expect your call. That's going to um, give you two points of contact mm-hmm. before you've um, really there. So you're warming them up to yes. hear from you. And uh, that is really great for building trust because the more touch points, the more they get to know you and know that, yes, you're a person of integrity and someone they want to work with. So, so here's the thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna. I was just gonna ask, lead, ask you about um, your note on top of your funnel type uh, information. <laughs> you were probably about to say it. Just before I get to that, Juanita talked about integrity, and so here's the thing: do not offer to send that book unless you are going to send that book and send it quickly. You know, if you wait two to three weeks to send that book out, you've blown it. You've blown it. You know, really, the book should be sent out 
you know, one to two days after that conversation. And if you could do it by the next day, it's all the better. So really, you know, if you're going to use your book, you should already have books and envelopes ready to go, you know, already ready, your return address, whatever you need to do to get this thing ready. You know, if you've got a little note that you want to put in it, rewrite the notes and then just sign them or put people's names on them, right? Or if you've got like a little postcard you use, have all that stuff ready ahead of time so that when you get that person's name, all you've got to do is just put their name on it, take it to the post office and send it off. I agree. The being prepared, I have a hobby of um, exchanging postcards and one of the things I do is I buy prepaid postcards. I'm not sure if you'd have to find out whether you can get um, like prepaid envelopes or whatever for the weight of your book. You go to your post office, find out and they'll tell you. But if you have prepaid packaging, then you can just fire it in the, in the mail. And that is so such an easy thing to have that off your plate that you, it's, it's really worthwhile. Well, the other thing too is that, you know, if you're, if you're mailing out books, you, you already know what the postage is going to be. It's not like it changes, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're just throwing it in the standard mail, the postage is the same across your country, right? Now it might be different if you're shipping to a different country, but usually across your country, the postage is the same because the weight's the same, the size is the same. So, you know, even if you went ahead and bought stamps ahead of time, so you could just, right. you know, have them plunked on there. And, you know, you just walk up to your mailbox and, and throw it in. You don't even have to go anywhere. It's a good point. So top of your funnel, I have a feeling we're only going to get through sales today, my friend. We're going to have to continue this series. <laughs> so when you look at bringing your business online and, you know, we've t the things that we've talked about have been more in person. You know, what do you do when you're just meeting someone? But you can use your book as the top of your online sales funnel. And it's a great way to do that. Um, I have bought so many books with the free shipping model. So you offer your book and people just pay shipping. And usually if you price it correctly and you have a good supplier to print your books, usually you can print and ship your book for the amount that you're charging for shipping. And now, do you make any money on these books? Nope. Not at the beginning. Not at the beginning. Yeah. Like you don't make money on the sale of that book. But what happens is, is that once the sales barrier has been broken, so once someone's bought something from you once, it's easier to sell them something more. It's easier to sell more to existing clients than it is to get a client. So when you use the book as the top of your funnel, you know, and they purchase this book, then you can continue selling to them. So, you know, there's upsells. So it's what's offered next. You could be like a $37 course and you take them through your funnel, but they also get added to your email list. So even if they only make that initial purchase, they're now added to your email list. And over time, you can continue to build that trust through the emails that you send. And then, you know, a good percentage of them will purchase more, especially once they've read your book. Now, uh, just something I know that now, how much roughly would you on an average for one of your books, Kim, how much would it cost to mail a book out? Um, $10, $12? Yeah, 10, probably 10 to $14. Okay. So let just 
some of you might be going, oh my gosh, $14 to mail my book out. And, and my book is, they're giving, I'm giving my book for free. However, when you stop and think about the amount of money that you would invest in something that's kind of a one-shot, like an ad in a newspaper, a TV ad, or even a series of radio ads or TV ads, you are buying this very small window of time, a blip, really, of their attention. And I can tell you that it was worth it to me to pay, oh my goodness, I usually spent about uh, $1,200, $1,400 on printing a flyer for my annual uh, Christmas sale. And then I'd have to pay another probably $600 to have it go in the newspapers, in local newspapers to get it out to them. It was worth it to me to pay almost, say, roughly $1,800, $2,000, because I knew that I would get someone, at least one person would buy a high-end machine or a mid-range machine. My first sale would cover all of that cost. And then everybody else who bought from me, I was seeing profit from that. So it paid for itself. So when you think of the investment that you're putting into sending this very specific qualified customer at the top of your funnel, this is um, not a big expense. It's no you know, because you've targeted your market so much. Yeah, here's the thing. You know, if you're selling products that are 5 to $10, that's different. But if you're selling services, if you're selling something that's 500, you know, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, putting out 15, even 20 bucks to get that person into your funnel is a very reasonable expense. Mm-hmm. And the lifetime of your book Mm-hmm. The advertise, like I said, the advertising effect of a radio ad, I might have spread to a, a very wide um, population demographic who could hear my ad, but it was one, it, it was less than 30 seconds, or it was about 30 seconds for them to hear me sing, when you got the sewing urge, call Juanita, sew and search, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, that thing about a book, every time they, oh, there's the excitement of opening it up and going, hey, yeah, there, I did get the book. Then you call them and they will probably have it somewhere. Oh, oh, yeah. If you call them and you ask them a question about the book, and this is maybe being a little bit, um, going further than you do in your initial did you get the book in the what did you think about where I talk about purple bananas in in uh, chapter one whatever did you like that joke I thought that was really funny so that gives them I mean you're not asking them for a book report but you are kind of tantalizing them to read a little bit further and if they seem interested maybe check back. If there is, do you have any questions about that? Some people have asked me X. So there's a, you can return to that book, I think a couple of times in an email or a phone call. You know, I'm doing market research. I want to improve the book. What has impacted you most so far? 
what would you like to see in my second book? Exactly. 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 So we have two other really quick points and then we have to tie it up. So we'll, we'll just touch on these. Send it to influential people. So if you, you know, if you want to really get your name out there, one of the ways to do it is, is using your book is send the book and maybe some promotional items to influential people in your industry and make connections with them, start to network with them. Because over time, if you build their know, like, and trust factor, they will promote you to their very huge audience of already proven buyers. So that's just something else. And last, but when you're at vendor events, you know, like hopefully, you know, we can at some point, maybe by the end of this year, we can actually get together in person and do events where you can vendor. But make sure that you have that book prominent, that you have some for sale or you give some away or you have draws for it. But just make sure that it really is a central point of that because that that's your key branding piece. So any one last thought before we head off for today and we'll have to do part, maybe part three and four another time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think that it's great to uh, keep your book in front of people. Even just showing it is great and having that um, opportunity. Don't forget to have a picture of you holding your book on your Facebook profile, on your Instagram I mean, come on, like you could take photos of people who have received your book too. So that's another, build that sense of community and uh, use that sense of community conversation. That's what I'm going to say. Well, this is, we want to talk more, but we'll save it for next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And we're great. We'll do a whole one on social media. So this has been Kim Thompson Pinder and Juanita Witten Radko on the author to authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach, or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.